I believe I made uh, after expenses. 2018 was about $3,000 after expenses. Wow. Let's, let's talk about this. 2018, $3,000 after expenses. 2019, yeah, six-figure year. Yeah, actually start making money. Welcome to the Full-Time Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Lee, and I'll be sharing industry knowledge and social media tips through weekly interviews with established creators and Q&A sessions. Our goal is to help you decode social media, become a full-time influencer, and do what you love for a living. Let's dive in. Today, we are here with Sarah from Sarah Funky across platforms. Sarah and I actually met on Instagram many years ago, and we were acquaintances in the beginning, and um, we became a little closer after she invited me to do a YouTube video for her budding YouTube channel. And now she has built it into a multiple six-figure revenue stream and empire that's just going to expand from here. So I'm so excited to welcome you to our show. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you so much for that fabulous introduction. I'm so happy to be here. It's such an honor. We're going to dive into so much. Um, first, I think we can start from the beginning. Uh, I know a little bit about your background, and but I think a lot of people listening here probably don't know. Can we start with just you giving us a brief intro of what you do, what niche you're in, and what platforms are your main platforms? Of course. Yeah, so my niche is definitely travel New York specifically. Um, and I'm on all of the ones you got to be on today, uh, except Clubhouse, because I don't have an iPhone. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. I have a blog, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, um, all of the things. I'm on it. And I think that's really important whenever you're establishing a brand about yourself. And yeah, I own a tour company here in New York and um, kind of promote that throughout my channels. Uh, but I'm sure we'll get all into that in this interview. Yes, we will. So I think it's very interesting that you pointed out that your niche is not just travel, but specifically New York. When you first started, were you thinking you just wanted to travel? I know you had a job and then you quit your job to basically go and travel the world. What was the, the plan? How long ago was this? How did that happen? Oh man, Tina, that was quite a journey. I think as creators, we all have to figure out our path. And it really took me longer than I should have uh, to really understand how to grow a platform. If we go back to the beginning, um, I count the like beginning, beginning as when I first thought of the idea and actually made an actionable step towards achieving things. And I bought my domain name, sarahfunky.com in 2015. And when I did that, I didn't really have a clear vision. I knew that there were travel bloggers out there. This was still very new to make money through travel blogging or influencing wasn't even really a word yet. Um, but I loved like the blonde abroad and all of these Instagrammers, bloggers that we're living this dream life. And at the time I was working a nine to six job. I worked for Disney doing North American marketing strategy. And I kind of followed that path that everyone told me was what you were supposed to do in life. And I just wasn't happy. I had gotten a master's degree in entrepreneurship and marketing. I had this 
so-and-so dream job working for Disney. I had a, a decent apartment in New York um, and hated my life. And so I thought, well, what's the problem here? Is it that I just don't like what I'm doing? Maybe I should find a new job or is it something more? And I realized it was something more. It was that I wanted to be like a travel show host. I wanted to create travel content. Essentially, I wanted to be like a female Anthony Bourdain um, and just be a world traveler. So I bought this domain name, still working a full-time job, didn't really have a super clear vision. I just knew that I liked travel and I started populating it with random content, um, essentially whatever I could do. Didn't really grow much of a following for the next year and a half because I didn't have a clear vision. And I think having a clear vision when you start any type of um, content creator site or, or page is, is so, so clear. You need to establish your niche right from the beginning. Otherwise, yeah. when people go to your page, they're not going to know what to follow you for. Yeah. But it does take some time to experiment, right? In the beginning, you kind of have to put yourself out there first and then start creating. And then you you figure out along the way what your niche is. But once you do hone in on that, that's when the growth happens for you, for example. Oh, yeah. And I think for many creators, I think you have a very good point there. That's exactly what happened. Essentially, in at the end of 2016, in September, I decided, you know what, if I'm going to do this, I need to do it all out. At that time, I had only $10,000 in my bank account. Did you say $10,000? That's all I had in my bank account. Yeah. Which for someone who had been working in New York City for five years is not a lot of money. Although it may, it may sound like a lot, but it, it is kind of risky to take that and, and just put it all into this venture. Yes. Especially when I did the next step, which was quitting my job. I quit my job. My bosses were like shocked. They literally were speechless when I told them I was quitting. Um, and I decided, you know what? I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to travel the world for a year using my savings of $10,000. And I'm going to try to make money being uh, essentially like a full-time influencer, which wasn't a word again. It was like a full-time blogger for that year. But I didn't have a clear vision. And that's when things went wrong. Did I have an amazing time traveling the world? Yes, it was phenomenal. I highly recommend anyone do that, but I do recommend you come up with a more solid plan before doing it because I wiped through my savings. I arrived back in the US in January of 2018 with $300 in my bank account, barely any more followers. I think I had 20,000 followers on Instagram at the time. An important thing to keep in mind there because people hear that number today and maybe say, oh, wow, that's that's a big number to grow to. When Instagram first started, it was very easy to grow. So yeah. I grew most of those followers before I traveled the world for a year. And then the algorithm changed and it became very challenging to gain new followers. Next steps were moving back in with my parents as a 29-year-old looking super cool. <laughs> no shame, no shame. We yeah, Asians like, know that it's totally cool to live with parents. Yeah, and that's that's what you have to like think of when you when you have a vision which I was building at that time. You got to take risks and you have to make sacrifices yes. because it's not easy. And yes. I think it looks easy from the outside. It looks like, oh, look at them. They're taking all these pictures and videos and their life looks so glamorous. 
that is the perception we show you. Um, yes. A lot of the time, a hundred percent of the time, it's it's an iceberg. You only see the top. The bottom part is is a ridiculous amount of work. So moved back in with my parents. And I think from traveling, I learned so much about what people really want when they travel, what they really need to know, what the best experiences are. And so living in New York, well, I was living in upstate New York, four hours from New York City, by the way. I decided I'm going to create a channel all about cool things to do in New York City. I am a New Yorker at heart. So let me commit to this idea. And this is where the niche becomes so important because this is when everything changed. I committed to this idea of New York travel. I put out a new video every single Thursday on YouTube for five months. And it took five months of consistent content that was good quality that provided value to my viewers before my channel blew up. And after that point, everything changed for me. It like kind of becomes this crazy whirlwind of multiple successes in a row after years of failure, years, okay? You have to learn from failure. I think that's something so important to note. A lot of the successful creators and influencers that I know, first of all, they all took some level of risk. Now that risk tolerance looks different for everyone, but you and I were kind of similar. Like I took the same risk as well. I think I had maybe like 20K in my bank account. So more than more than what you said, but it, it's not like enough for it to sustain you for multiple years while you're trying, right? And I was similar to you. I did not really have a clear vision. I just felt like I knew that there was something here that is worth trying. Is that sort of what was going through in your head as well? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I came to this conclusion that it was, if not now, then when am I going to try? Because what am I going to do? Wait until 10 years from now, wait until I have kids, wait until I retire, or am I going to try it right now when I have no kids and no restrictions? Yeah. So If it goes wrong, what's the worst that could happen? I just go back and find another job. Was there ever a point where you were at that point where you're like, I'm going to go find another job or I'm over this? Yeah. So it was in March of 2018. I had just, I had been posting on YouTube for two months every Thursday. And I had traveled the world for a year before that. I was breaking even every month. I was like, I was barely making any money at all. And I remember thinking, how much longer can I try to make this happen before just giving up and going back to a full-time job? Yeah. And I gave myself until June of 2018. And I said, if I can't make this work by June, then I'm going to go find another job. I actually briefly started looking online again. And it was so depressing because I, I felt like such a failure, but I had this really clear image in my head of this travel brand to New York, at least. So I just kept posting those videos, coming up with new ideas. And in May of 2018, like it was like weeks before the deadline, like maybe like two weeks before the deadline, one of my videos went viral. And I think it's really important to focus on what happens when you go viral. Mm. Uh, there's two types of viral, a one, a one-off, like a one hit wonder situation yes. or someone that's been creating wonderful content. That's helpful to people that by having that one thing go viral, it boosts everything. And I had the second thing happen. So when my New York's worst tourist traps video went viral, 
YouTube started recommending all of my other New York City content. And all of a sudden people were like, wow, this is really helpful for my trip. Essentially between June to December of 2018, I grew tremendously in followers. I was able to do a soft launch of my tour company in December. I started getting paid several thousand dollars just to go to trips like Dubai. Like That's I was amazing. like, this is nuts. I would normally pay to go to Dubai. And all of a sudden they're paying me. Uh, Travel and Leisure noticed me and they started asking me to be a host on their Instagram. This all happened in six months. Yeah. But the important thing to remember is it took 18 months of me focusing my full effort, not including the like two years before that, when I had a very unclear, confusing vision of not knowing what I was doing. Yes. So essentially in 2019, I officially launched the tour company. By the end of 2019, we were having sold out tours every single week. We went from one tour a week to four tours a week. I uh, was a travel host on Travel and Leisure. Um, I was flying all over the world every single month, creating travel content. It was like so exciting. Yeah. And then the pandemic hit and I had to quickly come up with new income streams. Yes. But because of the entrepreneurial uh, spirit, GoDaddy recognized me and they asked me to be a show host for School of Hustle. They found me through YouTube. So for 2020, I became more of a show host, focusing on other things. Um, like I have a course on entrepreneurship and things like that to help other people build up their business. And now we're in 2021. And it's interesting because of the challenges of 2020. And I think all uh, creators need to learn from failure and quickly make decisions and adapt. Um, now I have income streams coming in from entrepreneurship related things like the GoDaddy hosting, the course sales, and all the travel stuff and tour stuff. So that's a brief, I tried to make that brief. I don't know how brief that was, but I tried to make it brief in the last like five years of my life in like 10 to 15 minutes, how it happened. Yes. I actually saw most of this unfold. Like I believe we were Instagram friends even before you really started oh, yeah. a YouTube channel, <laughs> which is crazy. And then, so I saw, so I knew Sarah and then we were just kind of acquaintances. And then I saw her start her YouTube and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Like focusing on New York. So I believe it was around winter of 2018 after your viral video that we made a video together about the most Instagrammable places in New York City and yes. I, I believe I still get people coming to my page from that one video because it's so oh, really? evergreen yeah it's crazy people are like I discovered you on Sarah's video that's hilarious <laughs> I kind of want to backtrack a little bit to before the pandemic and just kind of when it blew up when you said go viral, like how do you define something that goes viral? So I think it depends on how big of a creator you are, but my definition of something going viral is getting a million views. Mm -hmm. Yes. Now that can change a lot depending on the year, the size of you as a creator, but um, in general, when something goes viral, you, you reach a million views at least and you get several hundred thousand views in a day. Wow. Or it could be anywhere between 
50,000 views and 100,000 views in a day. Mm-hmm. That's my current definition. Ask me in five years, it might be different. Yeah. yeah. So from there, you started to naturally grow your YouTube channel because you already yeah. had all this binge worthy content that was mm-hmm. mostly binge focused worthy. on Great your work, Tina. I use that <laughs> word all the time. Yeah. Binge worthy thing that is so um, overlooked. And when you go to your Instagram page, your content is binge worthy because it's like, whoa, what's this? Whoa, what's this? Like, this is amazing. Look at her creation. That is what anyone who is a content creator needs to think about. Because if you just have one piece of content, that's good, but the rest is garbage, not going to get followers. Yeah. Needs to be binge worthy. Totally. I I thought it was very interesting what you said about how it was several months that built up to this one viral video. So one thing that I see very, very common amongst like newer creators is that they try a few times and then they think that they don't see results. And so they give up very quickly. And I feel like it's social media. A lot of it in the beginning is doing like invisible, (laughs) thankless work and just putting content out there um, as good as possible that you can create and consistently doing that even if it costs you money but Mm -hmm. as you do that then that becomes binge-worthy content and it all snowballs and compounds one day like it did for you and it seems like it didn't really slow down even during the pandemic which is no it like it definitely continued growing during the pandemic I, I will be honest with you I did see a slowdown in followers on Instagram or on um well across really all platforms when the pandemic hit but now it's right back to normal and that's pretty obvious why people weren't researching travel content yes they weren't being like where can I travel to in this pandemic like yeah like you couldn't travel you couldn't go to New York City of course you didn't want to go to New York City in March or April yeah that was a disaster zone so of course I saw a slowdown in that but now it's back to normal it's all about looking at where is there a hole in the market that you can fill? Yeah. And what can you create content around that relates to that? Yeah. That's really it. There is so much that I could ask you because I feel like you, you've you been through a lot, you know, whether it's pre-pandemic or during and then now after. But I would love to talk a little bit about how you were able to pivot during that time. I, I imagine in the mm-hmm. beginning, you were probably a little bit devastated and wondering like, what do I do now? So how did you decide that the next step uh, was to do virtual tours and to start selling mm-hmm. other products? What was going through in your mind? And then how did you have it take off and become the year that you made multiple six figures? Totally. Well, what was going through our mind? Full-blown panic mode. (laughs) (laughs) I bet. (laughs) Um, Because my entire, every single revenue stream, which I have uh, eight, I think, maybe more. Every one of those revenue streams was directly tied to travel. And it was interesting because a couple months before the pandemic, I remember talking to my dad and I said, I need to create a different business model that's not directly related to travel or New York, because if one of those things goes, then I'm screwed. And it's weird because that happened a few months later. Yes. Um, So during that time, I started focusing a little bit on entrepreneurship because I, I know about I have a master's degree in entrepreneurship. I've started my own business and things like that. So I had already kind of like planted a little bit of seeds around that. So once the pandemic hit, I was like, okay, time to focus on that. 
And I started creating content around entrepreneurship. At that same time, I had already been in discussions with GoDaddy for being a show host for School of Hustle, which is a podcast and a YouTube series all about building your own business and just uh, talking to different entrepreneurs from beginners to billionaires. I've spoken to all of them in that show. So of course that was a revenue stream, but I figured I could use that legitimacy of being that show host, my tour uh, company that was very successful before the pandemic and create a course around it. So I have the course uh, about entrepreneurship, which is all about like building multiple revenue streams as a creator. Um, But in addition to that, I wanted to make sure that my tour company didn't die. Yeah. So since people couldn't travel, I said, well, I'll bring travel to them. So starting July of 2020, when I realized, okay, this is going to last longer than I wanted it to. I started bringing the tours online through YouTube. What I learned from this is it's infinitely scalable. Um, So just to share some numbers with you guys, so you understand what I mean by that. On an in-person tour, I only allow 10 people. Yeah. Each of my tours around $50 per person to about $70 per person if we're talking group tours. So you're really capped out at making between $500 and $700 on an in-person tour. Bring that to YouTube live tours. You have, on average, we would have between... 500 to 800 people watching at one time. So even if each person just tips $1, you're already going to be making what you made in an in-person tour. Yeah. But people don't just tip $1. So during those virtual tours, I would make on average for an hour and a half, instead of the three hour group tours in person that we used to do, I would make between $800 and $1,600 in an hour and a half Wow! because it's scalable. So you can have hundreds of thousands of people watching a live stream. Now, obviously I never got there, but that would be amazing, right? Yes. So with these live tours, I started doing them every single week using various methods of like marketing and and gathering and some user data because that's really important. And when you add it all together, it ended up being significantly more profitable than the live, like the tours in person. That is amazing. So, okay. You have so many different streams of, of income. So this virtual tour, especially let's break down 2020, because I know you actually put that onto YouTube. So we're probably open to talk about it. Uh, Would you say 2020 was like your biggest year or was it equal to 2019? So 2020 should have, if we didn't have a pandemic, it should have been significantly more than it was. Uh, I think it was 224,000 or something like that. I forgot. It's something around there. It's on my YouTube video, which you can check out. Yes. We will leave the link in the show notes. If you want to watch it, it's on my YouTube channel, Sarah Funk. So it was about $50,000 more than 2019. But it should have been significantly larger than that. My projections before the pandemic were hitting like 360,000. Yeah. But then the pandemic hit. But you know, I was very pleased with that number given how many challenges. And my anticipation is hopefully in 2021 with both revenue streams coming back fully, it will be more. 
Hey, I want to take a moment to say thank you so much for tuning in. If you're enjoying the Full-Time Influencer Podcast, I would really appreciate if you could just take one minute to leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Your support really helps us to get seen and continue producing quality interviews and episodes for you. All right, now back to the show. I just love that you're so transparent about this money thing. You know, I think it's important to share for people to understand what's possible because otherwise, if we just keep saying, I make six figures, I make multiple six figures, multiple six figures can be 200,000 or it can be 900,000. Like, you know, so I think people need to understand that this is a very legitimate job that makes money and anyone can do this job. Yes. yes, Anyone can do it. That's true. And it's a very low startup cost. No, almost no startup cost. It's great. Low barriers to entry for sure. So just to put this into perspective, 2018, it was like a multiple five figure year. (laughs) That's hilarious, Tina. Good, good joke on there. No, I made, um, I believe I made uh, after expenses. 2018 was about $3,000 after expenses. Wow. Let's, let's talk about this. 2018, $3,000 after expenses. 2019, yeah, six-figure year. Yeah, actually start making money. So, okay, so walking through it. So 2018, you have to remember the first half of 2018, the first month of 2018, I had $300 in my bank account. The first half of 2018, I made $0. So I was literally living with my parents like a really cool person. Then the second half of 2018, it was a slow buildup. By December, like that was most of the money. $3,000 is after expenses, okay? Um, I think the total amount I made that year was like $20,000, but like minus expenses, which was like living expenses, like basic like food. I mean, try living in the United States for $15,000 a year. And you tell me how that goes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So then, um, in 2019, 2019, it jumped to, uh, over a hundred thousand dollars. That's amazing. And that was because I set everything up for growth and success. And if I know Sarah, I know that she keeps her expenses low. So her expenses for 2019 were probably still pretty low relative to her income. I don't remember the exact numbers from 2019. I actually was thinking like, oh, it'd be cool if I do a revenue report every year. Too bad I didn't do that in 2019. Um, But it was, um, I think it was like 150 or something or 130,000 after expenses. Yeah. Which or, is I don't know, something still like amazing. that, but it wasn't over 200,000. It wasn't yeah. over 200,000. Yeah. Yeah. But essentially the growth was, it was very large increases in gross year to year. And that's uh, through setting yourself up strategically for growth. Yeah. Since we're being so transparent here, I mean, I think my income for 2018 was also about 20 something K. I may have had a little bit more expenses than you. So I probably saved, yeah. I don't even know if I've saved $3,000 like you did, <laughs> which is crazy. But look at us today, you know, yeah. it's, 
if we can do it, anyone can do it. Absolutely. The thing that I always say is that this is like a compounding effect. Like I mentioned earlier, it, like it went from 20K. The reason why I wanted to break down the year by year revenue is because the increase is, is not just linear. It's almost exponential when you build up everything. It really is a year over year. It was I'm not good with math, but like if you go from $3,000 of profit in 2018 to like a hundred and let's just say 150, cause I can't remember, but it's that's, I, that's a big increase. Yes, absolutely. And then the next year was a multiple yeah. six figure year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even during a pandemic for a travel channel, which is the most yes. amazing part. Cause I do Thank know you. a lot of travel influencer, they kind of stalled during 2020, which is totally normal. There is absolutely no shame in that um, because it was a very, very difficult year for a lot of people. It was but so hard. I'm just so glad you were able to turn it around. So let's break down the, the different streams of revenue that you have, because this is also something that's very impressive about Sarah. Not only does she spend very little, but she finds multiple ways to make money. Can you, can you run us through maybe some of the main uh, revenue streams? Uh, yeah. So there's several. So let's just start with like my businesses. I own a tour company. Obviously that was interesting during 2020, but as we just discussed, I was able to make money from it through uh, adapting quickly to the times. So the tour company, then I also am a show host for School of Hustle. I also am a freelance show host. There are a lot of companies right now that still need to put on events for their organizations and they can't do them in person. So I get hired as a show host for those Mm. companies. Right. Which pays more than you would ever imagine. So would you say those three are your main income streams? Like I would say those are 50%. Yeah. Probably. Then, uh, yeah. So show hosting, I have now itinerary planning as well. That's a, a new service that I launched in 2021. Um, and that is very exciting. It's doing well so far. Um, then we have uh, business consulting. So there's various businesses that hire me to do production for them and just in general, help them grow their YouTube channel or social media handles, mainly YouTube though, because that's really my strength. Um, Then sponsorships. Sponsorships is huge. When you're an influencer, it'd be foolish to not accept sponsorships. That is a probably 25%, I would say. Um, Sponsorships are great. Then we have licensing. So as a video creator, the video quality is higher than most. So I'm able to license that out. When I say licensing, that means someone buys that content to use it for their marketing use, whether that be a travel destination. Um, I've worked with consumer products. I've worked with restaurants and bars, things like that. Then there's affiliate sales. Anytime as an influencer or any person really, or any business, you should always be linking to affiliate links. This means that if you buy like this Snapple, I'm holding up Snapple for those that don't are is listening. This, is this a sponsorship? <laughs> no, but Snapple, please sponsor me because I drink like 30 <laughs> a week. Um, if I if if someone buys a Snapple because I recommended it, may like I would get 15% from the sale of the Snapple. They don't have an affiliate program. I wish they did. Think about it, Snapple. Just saying. <laughs> what else? What else? The uh, oh, so your ad revenue. 
Thank you so much, Tina. I forgot my revenue streams. (laughs) Ad revenue. So ad revenue through YouTube, through my blog, through, well, TikTok is another one, but I don't really have a large TikTok following. But if you do have a large TikTok following, you can make ad revenue from there. Um, So yeah, those are the main ones. I don't think I forgot anything. Although, Oh, I do have another one. Um, Patreon. Uh, that's like a crowdfunding or it kind of like as a creator support. So like, if people really like my work, they can follow me on Patreon to get some behind the scenes content and my course. Um, I have a course on entrepreneurship. Oh, I, another one, um, eBooks, eBooks. I, so I have a bunch of eBooks, uh, all about New York city and travel. So people can buy those other products include, um, postcards sent from me. Um, people will buy them like when like if they've watched all my YouTube videos and they want to surprise like their significant other uh, or like something I'll just do a custom postcard and just send it obviously those are smaller amounts of revenue but they're revenue nonetheless and oh um, another one cameo so cameo if some people will want me to do like happy birthday or like you're coming to New York I'm so excited to have you so they'll pay me like it's, it's very small amounts of money, but it's super easy. It's like 15 bucks and it takes me 30 seconds. And I just say, I'm excited for you to come to New York. And then, then that's it. So I think that's everything. Okay. So let me sum this up because there were quite a few, basically there's show hosting, a big chunk sponsorships, another big chunk travel company, also a main part of your business. So virtual tours during the pandemic and then in-person after the pandemic, itinerary and travel concierge, which is due to popular demand and newly launched, ad revenue from your blog and YouTube, affiliate sales from links on your YouTube and your blog, uh, licensing of content that you create for other people, business consulting, basically like consulting people on the YouTube channel, even uh, directing content for them, Patreon and entrepreneurship course, Cameo and eBooks. Wow, that was a lot. (laughs) But that is amazing. I don't think I know any other influencer personally who has this many different revenue streams. So I really love that you are making sure that you're you're, um, balancing out your income and having it be like a pretty risk-free business, even with a pandemic. So the sponsorship and the show hosting are the biggest chunks along with the travel company, especially outside of COVID. This uh, Mm -hmm. travel concierge thing, can you tell me about it? Like how did it come about and, and what kind of services do you offer? Of course, all of the products I create come out of popular demand. Whenever someone asks me multiple times, do you do tours? Do you have eBooks? All these things I keep in mind. And I think if you're creating content, you should always keep that in mind too. Because if your audience is asking you about this, you could probably create a product or service around it. So people have been asking me for, well, not counting 2020, ever since I started the channel, do you do itineraries? Can you plan my trip? And I I never did it. I was first focused on the tour company. And now that people are coming out of the pandemic, they're dying to travel. Essentially, I created like multiple types for different income levels. So right now, um, I'm excited because I'm launching the more luxury experience, which is always the thing that I really wanted to focus on. It doesn't have to be luxury, though. It's more about a concierge service. It's about having a conversation with a New York expert who's going to help you guide yourself in what you 
would most enjoy in New York. And then they put together an amazing itinerary for you. And if you want that itinerary um, just to follow, that's ready. If you want it to be fully booked where everything is booked from my team, that can happen too. And so that's where the um, travel concierge itinerary aspect came in. And I, I will be launching this year at some point um, vacation packages, which is like the next level up. It's a bit more complicated to organize. So that's why I want to do the itineraries first. But the travel packages is something that I've been asked as well. And I think it would be foolish of me to not take advantage of the opportunity that I have when people are coming to me for New York advice. And I love sharing New York advice. I love guiding people and having the best trip of their life. Why not create a product and a service that allows me to make people happy and have a great vacation? And so the itineraries are available now. Um, that's a whole experience, but if you are on a low budget, you can just buy pre-made itineraries. They won't be customized to you, of course, because I don't know you, but if you would like to have a conversation, that's an option. So that's pretty much how it works. Yeah. What is the price range of your packages right now? So right now for itineraries, the, the starting point is um, $150, and then depending on how many days your trip is, it, it can be higher than that. So it's hard to say like a closing number because some people might be here four days. Some people might be here for three weeks. And so essentially depending on the, I tiered it in different ways. So like tier one is just having a conversation with a New York expert. And then based on that conversation, you have a better idea of what would be awesome for you to do. And you plan your trip yourself. Tier two is conversation with New York expert they put together an itinerary for you. So there's a set fee for the, like for the consultation element and then um, a fee per day. So like if you want a multi-day trip, that's seven days, it's going to be more expensive than like just a three-day trip. And then the final level is like what I just said, plus booking everything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's pretty much how it works. Yeah. I mean, I have to say like, if you're a busy person and you have to spend so much time researching which area is the best to stay and where do you go to eat this? Like if you're a foodie and there's so much time and effort that goes into research mm -hmm. that you basically cover in this concierge service. So it's definitely something yeah. that people who are traveling to New York should look into. So my question is, do you have a travel concierge service for people like me who want to find the most Instagrammable places in New York City? Absolutely, Tina. And you know, thanks to you, I know where they all are. <laughs> so you, you can create a custom package for people who just want to go at sunrise and sunset and get the best photo spots. Literally. And, and while you're on the custom element of that, the beauty of customized private experiences is that it's completely based off of what you're interested in. So I do private tours as well. Like I have the, my tour guides run group tours, but I do private tours. And so people have, so many people have come to me saying like, I want an Instagram tour and guess whose locations I use. <laughs> Yours. Yeah. I literally will be like, okay, first we're going to start in Dumbo. And I hit like all the spots that <laughs> That's so funny. featured. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. So from my knowledge, uh, Louis also was part of your business pretty much from the beginning. He was helping you here and there. Right. And now is he much more involved and what has he started for himself? 
Okay. So yeah, Louis definitely helped me a lot in the filming some things, but as you are very aware, um, I know a little bit about Mr. D and uh, it seems like he's not a big fan of taking photos of you. I experienced the same exact thing with Louis. So that was a stress point in the early days because he didn't see money coming in and he was like, why am I doing this? This is stupid. Same story that you've experienced with uh, your husband. But then two things happened Uh, when he started seeing money coming in, then he was a little bit more open-minded to like helping and secondary. um, When I tell him, okay, I need you to help me film or take pictures. I just say, and then we can go to a brewery. (laughs) And that really helps because he loves breweries. Uh, But the other thing is he kind of doubles as my videographer in some ways, because when we go on press trips to different locations like Dubai, um, I can bring him as my videographer. And it's kind of like we're having this amazing couple's experience and vacation. And so he appreciates that. Like if all he needs to do is help me film and we get to go to Dubai, yeah, he's much more open to doing it, you know? And I think as an influencer, Anyone listening that has a boyfriend or a husband that has been being a little bit uh, irritated with you asking them taking to take photos, uh, just keep in mind like their perspective because they they have their own life. They're not your video. They're not your photographer. They're not your videographer. And so by trying to like force them into that role, it can cause tension in a relationship. So um, just be aware of that and, and do it minimally if you can or hire someone. So now I actually have a videographer that helps me film. And it's great because like Louis stays in his husband role and, and my videographer is my videographer. Now, with that said, Louis, unlike many Instagram husbands, Louis loves being on camera, which is a rare thing I've learned for Instagram husband type people. Um, And he's good on camera. Uh, So I decided that there's a huge community here in New York that doesn't get spoken to. And that's the Spanish community, Luis Guatemalan. And I thought it would be cool if we created a channel just like mine, but in Spanish. And Louis liked the idea too. And it makes him much more involved and excited because like, we'll go to a restaurant, he'll film me doing my thing. Then I'll just switch and I'll film him doing his thing. And he's more involved. He uh, feels like he's actually making something for himself. And the Spanish community so far loves it. It's, it's still very new. We just launched it. It's called El Mundo de Luis, which means uh, Luis world. <laughs> We named it that because we didn't want to make it too New York specific. So that way, if we do press trips, he can still cover Florida. He can cover Mm -hmm. Dubai. He can cover other locations. Um, But my plan is to scale that in the same way that I scaled my business. So we'll see how it goes. Of course, this is coming like we started in a pandemic. So the growth has been slightly slower than mine because we started in a pandemic and it's a much more niche audience, but people have been so receptive and so loving and so thankful that uh, someone is out there supporting their community that is notoriously overlooked. Yes. That is amazing. So it's been awesome. Wow. That is awesome. Way to get your husband involved and build another business while you're at it. So from my knowledge, Louis also hosts some of the tours, right? He does the eating tours. Yeah, he does the food tours. So um, that is like his specialty. He's a 
he loves cooking. He loves any, anything eating related. He pretty much only watches food shows. He's obsessed. He brews his own beer. Um, so he runs a food tour and, um, he's awesome in it because he's very, very passionate about food and he loves meeting people. So it's really fun for him. Oh yeah. And then, you know, he has the YouTube channel too. So I'm, I'm just like including, uh, essentially it's just a more fun way to like make this not just about me because I don't want it to always be about me. Yeah. Uh, when there's so many other things out there in the world. I can definitely see his passion when he cooks and when he talks about food. But my next question is, do you pay him a salary for being an Instagram husband? I don't pay him a salary for being an Instagram husband, but the money that he makes through the tours, I pay him that. Mm. So I pay him that. And then um, once his YouTube channel gets monetized, he'll be making the ad uh, revenue from that and any sponsorship revenue from that. Mm. And, um, he does some production work as well. So he also is like a a slight on camera host a little bit for a beer brewing channel. And so he, he makes some money that way. He also has a full-time job, by the way, like the things I just said about what he does for me, it's like very minimal hours, uh, but he has a full-time job as well. (laughs) My theory is if you're passionate about something and you can find a way to monetize it, that's fun for you. Why not? Yeah. And so that's what we're doing with his like passions. Absolutely. So then with the baby, has that affected your travel business at all? Or is it pretty much the same? It's hard for me to answer that question because we're still coming out of a pandemic and like tourism boards are still like trying to get their budgets in check. But from the conversations I've had with different tourism boards so far this year, Um, they still want me to come down and they just want it to be more family oriented, which I'm fine with that. That's great. You know, like next week actually is we're doing a trip. Although this is the, this trip was supposed to happen before the pandemic. So we just had to postpone a year and a half. So that one doesn't have the baby, but all the ones moving forward will probably either have the baby or we'll have some like a nanny or some type of nanny role come with us. Cause I want the baby to experience things. And I also want her to like understand the life she lives is like in many ways privileged. And I don't want her to get like very spoiled about that. Um, Louis grew up in Guatemala and he came from nothing. And so I want her to, we're going to go back to Guatemala and like meet his family. And they live like in a very small town with where the water doesn't run and you have to take bucket showers and things like that. So I, I, I want her to like see that life, but also be able to appreciate what she has today. Um, so we'll see how it goes so far. She's only three months old. So, yeah. so far so good. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing because I do think there's a big market for um, couples that travel with their children uh, and to advertise mm-hmm. that and promote that also is definitely something that brands and tourism boards would be looking for as well. Oh yeah. And now with the pandemic, everyone getting pregnant, you've seen like so many people are having babies. So I've noticed actually an increase in baby brands reaching out to me from the sponsorship angle um, has been a lot. So that's, that's been an interesting change is like folk, like shifting more towards lifestyle content, but still keeping that travel uh, core. 
Mm-hmm. And this is why the yeah. the multiple income streams, revenue streams is so important at this point so that you don't have to only rely on, let's say, travel sponsorships and you can do all these other things and outsource and still have a steady income. Right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. You've shared so much valuable information with us and been so forthcoming, especially with the the income aspect. I'm sure a lot of people have found this very, very insightful and learned what is actually possible by becoming an influencer and creator. So thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you. It was such a pleasure. Uh, Always great talking to you, Tina. And next time you're in New York, you know who to contact. Yes. And if you can just tell us again what your social handles are so that people can find your content and also book a tour with you and book your itinerary services. I'm sure people would really love that. Yeah, sure. So you can follow me on YouTube at Sarah Funk. Any other social platform, it's going to be Sarah Funky or sarahfunky.com backslash tours for going on one of my tours. But just check out my website in general if you want to do itineraries or ebooks or tours it's all there and um if you're coming to new york please contact me i'd love to show you around yay thank you sarah bye thanks for having me thanks again for tuning in to the full-time influencer podcast if you enjoyed this episode share it with someone who could benefit from it and i'll see you in the next one